0: WHHH FM Indianapolis. It's time to take a look at what's going on in and around Indy. It's Open Lines, your eye on the community on High 96 3. Hold up.
1: And good morning to you, Indianapolis. It is Sunday, January 24th, 2021. And we've got a big and special, deep, informative show for you today as we talk about uh, what is clearly a problem here in the city of Indianapolis. And that is the violence that seems to be uh, never-ending, non-stop, and as data has shown, trending in the wrong direction. We have a two-hour special show this morning, and we will uh, hear from a number of people, mainly you out there, when you give us a a call at 317-239-96, 317-239-9696. Don't call yet, but throughout the show, there's going to be plenty of time for you to get uh, your thoughts off on this. A couple of people we will be hearing from this hour is Indiana Senator Jack Sandlin. He is a state representative from District 36. He is the author of Senate Bill 168, which would give control of IMPD to a state police commission. Now, that alone has a lot of folks upset because they want to know how does that solve Indy's violent crime problem? That's a question we will ask to the senator coming up this morning at 8.30. Then at our 9 o'clock hour, our regional vice president and general manager, Dion Levingston, will join us to talk about a number of things, including have we gotten numb to the violence that is pushed to your phone in a news alert or makes headlines or you see on Facebook or maybe it's somebody you know, but have we gotten numb to it? That's something we'll talk with Dion about coming up this morning at 9. And we'll also hear from our afternoon personality on Hot 96.3, uh, B-Swift. He always has an ear to the streets. And we'll just, me and him and you are all just going to talk. That's coming up in our 9 uh, 30 half hour this morning. But our show will begin uh, by bringing you into the world of the family. Of Shane Spells, he was a 24 year old man who was shot and killed in his own driveway on the city's northwest side in September of 2019. His case is one of the many cases uh, that happened across the country and that are happening right here in Marion County that have not been solved. Uh, we'll talk when Dion comes, we'll talk about the solve rate and uh, and some some data. But the solve rate is not great. And you could see that on paper, but you can also see that uh, when you talk to the family of Shane Spells. We'll talk with his mother in just a moment. But first, I want to take you back to 2019 of September when I was first introduced to Shane Spells' family. Tonight, an Indianapolis family is grieving and begging for answers after a 24-year-old Shane Spells, a Purdue graduate and postal worker, was gunned down in his own driveway. He was loving, kind, respectful, <laughs> generous, just all-around
2: wonderful child.
1: It's apparent on, by y'all. the Let's massive size of this crowd gathered for a vigil that Shane Spells was loved
3: I know that if he were here if he were able to see all of the support that everybody and all the love that everybody had for them for him he would be so thankful
1: and so grateful the federal employee who had dreams of becoming an entrepreneur was killed Sunday night when he was shot multiple times in front of his home near 56th and Kessler five days later police have still not named a suspect it's real hard to To think about waking up tomorrow
0: and not being able to talk to my son. It's real hard to think about
1: the grandbabies that I was going to have. We need to learn how to settle differences besides gun violence. Family and friends are asking for anyone with information to come forward and help heal some of the pain from a strong legacy cut short. Shane was
2: not a thug. Shane was not a product of a broken home. Shane never met a stranger. Everyone that Shane encountered can give you the same exact story about him. A respectable young man, gunned down, violence, for we have no idea what the reasons are. It doesn't make any sense.
1: And I know it doesn't make any sense now that we're more than a year knocking on a year and a half since September 2019 when Shane was taken all too soon. The person who can tell you that directly is his mother, Sean Spells, who after uh, that story I later found out is technically now my cousin related to my wife. So uh, Sean Spells, cousin Sean, joins us live this morning on Open Lines. Good morning, Sean.
2: Good morning, Cameron.
1: Thank you for waking up with us and, and letting us um, come into your world a little bit. Let me first ask, um, you know, I already know the answer, but how are you and your family doing?
2: When when asked that question, we normally just go to default like we're okay, you know. But honestly, um, we're still grieving like it was day one. So... Because, like you said, um, he was 24 years old. He died two weeks after his birthday. And Shane was the 95th homicide victim of 2019. And to this day, it's still unresolved.
1: You know, you just said he was the 95th homicide of 2019. We had 245 homicides in 2020. We've had now, I believe, more than 20. On Friday, we were at, I want to say it was 11. And then just tonight, just this morning, since midnight, if my math is correct, we had seven people shot. I have not heard of any deaths yet, but seven people shot overnight. And then I just got an alert that there were at least four more shootings. I don't know if that is, is connected, but my math so far just tonight is seven. And I bring that up because you said ninety five I know he's your son that's your baby and you'll and he's so much more uh to you than what we'll ever know but to to the system does it feel like he's just a number that he's just the ninety five ninety fifth homicide
2: yes, it feels like he's just a number you know I feel like the um honestly I feel like the crime rate is increasing because uh, the lack of cases being solved. People, you know, nowadays feel like they can just get away with anything. You know, I don't know if we need more training, uh, more leaders, more funding, uh, more officers. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm willing to uh, help out any way I can, volunteer. You know, um, today mark, uh my 51st birthday. And I asked my Facebook friends to uh, donate to Hoosiers uh, concerned about gun violence. I mean, I'm all in it. I want to do what I can for these families, all families out here who are going through the same thing that I'm going through. So.
1: Uh, um, you know, when we talk about shame, one of the things that I tried to make clear in that story in 2019, that Shane just wasn't somebody who was. Uh, was out doing, you know, out in some mess and got caught up. Shane was sitting in his own driveway, minding his business. He was clearly, you know, you can't see it because we're on radio, but in that story, the massive crowd that showed up over on the east side uh, for that balloon giveaway, it was apparent that he was a good guy. And at 24 years old, federal employee all of his accomplishments um that that was clear to me then um what do you want people to know else about shane
2: i mean that basically sums shane up he was compassionate loving considerate to everyone he believed everyone was family you know very loyal to his friends and family And that's why it's so unbelievable that such a tragedy would happen to him. It's extremely, you know, disheartening that no one has come forward with any information on his behalf. Because I know if things were turned around, you know, he would step up. That's why I ask anyone, if if you've seen anything, say something. If you heard anything, say something, you know, because Shane, I know he touched a lot of lives. I still get uh people reaching out, you know, in disbelief or how could it happen to Shane? Why, you know, because he was such a good individual.
1: One it's of the inside and out. One of the reasons why I wanted you to come on is because of the time that has passed since September twenty nineteen. And one of the issues that we're gonna talk about later in the show is the solve rate and how many of these cases go unsolved. What is your family's experience been with IMPD and the detectives trying to get some closure?
3: Well,
2: um, when it first um, happened, we was in contact back and forth pretty good. And uh, I, I know that once a month, I will, I mean, I'm uh, sorry. When it first happened, I would contact the detective like every other week. Oh, you knew, you heard anything you know, or I give him different stuff that I've heard or can, could remember and everything. But I um, started calling, I mean, start texting and contacting him once a month because I felt like I was getting on their nerves or, you know, didn't want to be bothered. Then when I did get responses, it was like short yes, no. If I asked three questions, I got yes, yes, no, or no. You know, it wasn't, he didn't expand on anything, didn't assure me.
3: He could at least
2: said. You know, we continue to work on it. We have some, this leads or whatever. Just, I mean, you could lie to me or whatever to just make me feel better, but it was just like brushing me off. And, you know, I just want uh, police force detectives to love their job, be dedicated to what they do, you know, and, you know, and maybe we can, you know, uh, get some resolution.
1: Now, when we talked before, I think you said that you even asked the detectives, you know, what, what can I come down there and do something? I did.
2: I did. Because it's like I'm sitting here at home doing my own investigation, me and my husband, you know. So if I can come down there and help you out any way I can to get some kind of clues or whatever, you know, I'm willing to do it.
1: What do you want, you know, the city council, these powers that be? um, Because when we had the chief on, I want to say it was last weekend, uh, the chief talked about, you know, limited resources. And there's uh, when it comes to fighting crime, there's only so many preventative things they can do. They can't stop every crime. But on the back end, which is the part that I think about you with is this detectives and, and the follow up what would you want them to do to improve the the unfortunate experience that you're having to go through with getting short answers or no answers at all from detectives?
3: You know, um, follow-up would be great.
2: Feedback. You know, I shouldn't have to run you down to get answers. I don't know if you need to put it on the calendar and say, you know, I haven't talked to the spell's in uh, seven days, I need to reach out and let them know I'm still working on Shane's case, and uh, you know to make you know I shouldn't have to feel like nothing's being done, and it's 16 months. You know, every every day I wake up thinking about my son. Every every night I go to bed thinking about him, and all day long during the day, and I'm just wondering is the detectives thinking about Shane as well?
1: You know, I know the chief would say, you know, limited resources. And, uh, you know, the, the, I, we know that the, uh, everybody from the coroner to the detectives are overwhelmed with, uh, with incoming cases nonstop. But that is not, I know that doesn't make you feel any better.
3: Right. I was going
2: to say, that's not our problem, right?
1: Mm hmm.
2: I mean, like I said, this, solving crime is their job and it i mean should you get paid if you're not doing your job that's how i feel
1: and you know i i bring it up because like i said the chief talked about the things that it was hard for them to prevent and this is any uh police department which makes sense they can't prevent every crime we get that but it just feels like that there could be more that could be done to solve these cases
3: Yes, you're right. Um,
2: like I said before, dedication and training, you know. Like I said, I guess the training, the the, the funding, more leadership, let's, you know, let's do that. And we need to, you know, as a community, our community needs to help out as well.
1: That is an important part. Uh, of, of all this in every case, 317 239 317 239 That's the number to get on the air this morning. We are talking with uh, Sean Spells, the mother of Shane Spells, who was shot and killed in 2014, September 20, 2019, rather. Um, and still to this day, that case has not been solved. You just talked about uh, the community coming forward. Have you got, um, you know, have there been tips coming in? Have you gotten anything from the community? Sean say that again have you gotten any tips uh from the community any help anything no nothing 317-239-9696 the phone lines are uh suddenly uh all full. um with folks who want to chime in on this or you know this is also a welcome time to let us know if you have any information on what happened this happened over uh, 56th Street in Broadmoor on the northwest side. Um, this family is still looking for answers and is one of many. I'm sure some of the people who are calling in right now have a similar story who are going through this uh, because this is nonstop. Sean, stay on the phone for a second and let's listen to uh, some callers who have been listening uh, to you this morning. Caller online, too. Good morning. Who's this?
4: Hey, this is Knight. Knight, good morning. Hey, Miss Sean, I want to offer you my condolences. And um, Cameron, you know I always like to try to come up with solutions. So these are three solutions that I think can help. And we need to, uh, money is an issue, but if for racial justice reasons, CICF and Lilly Endowment need to pony up and help IMPD to hire 25 more peacekeepers whose jobs will be to search the Internet, seeing things that are happening, and then go out to try to prevent things from happening. So that's the one thing is. And we need to ask CICF and Lilly Endowment to step up. They have the money so that IMPD can hire, again, 25 more peacekeepers who search the Internet to see things that are brewing and then go and talk and try to prevent it. We need to have a uh, crime truck like Evansville has where it's a box truck that says this is live feed. And when neighborhoods say we got a problem, that there's drug dealers here or there's guys that are violent here, they actually put the truck in front of their house in Evansville and let them know. And the whole thing about that, if you keep criminals moving a lot, then they're not as uh, organized and you can catch them because every time they have to move, they have to set up their operations again. And after a while they'll get sloppy. So that's the thing is just keep following them until they slip up. And then the third thing, Cameron, is we need to hire applicants to the police force who have at least one of these three things. Otherwise you can't be on our police force. You got proven that you've been involved with youth groups, for two to three years before we can hire you, or you proven that you're been with community groups for two or three years before you hired, because we want to make sure you're sincere. You're not just uh, somebody who wants to go out here and be a a, a a law enforcement officer, but we want you to be somebody that wants to serve the community. And then the third thing is is we need again CICF and Lilly Endowment pay for housing so that the police officers can live in the community and say, hey, we got a house for you that you can stay in for $100 a week or something. Um, And we got the foundations that can do it. I know the city can't afford it, but these foundations are are serious about racial justice. Then come on, foundations would challenge you.
1: Knight, I want to thank you for that answer because you just teed us up for what we're going to do for the uh, remaining... uh hour and a half of the show this morning and that's just talk not only about what's going on but to actually offer up solutions if you are mayor of the city if you get to be mayor wave your magic wand what would you do what would you want done to solve these cases so that families like Sean's uh does not continue uh the the pain that they are feeling and the loss that we continue to be Uh, exposed to day after day. In this case, as I said, just today, it's only 820, what is it, 821, and there have already at least been seven people, seven in just Marion County shot today on this date. What would you do about it? Sean's listening, um, but also city leaders are listening. Senator Jack Sandlin's coming up at 830. What would you guys want done? We'll take another call. Um, before we get ready to uh, slide in with uh, slide the senator in here uh, let's go to the caller on line three. Good morning you're live on the air.
5: It's uh Larry Vaughn please let me say first that Jack Sandlin has a good idea the first time I heard the terminology of a commissioner, to be appointed for IMPD so that they can use the money that the city council absolutely, uh, appropriates for them in the past. And as now they have gotten money appropriated and then it's put in the general fund and the city of Indianapolis can use it to make up any deficits they may have. But here's the problem, Cameron, we're sitting right on the problem It's uh, the, uh, Messages been pervade to our community on our black media. You have the lifestyle that's being been You have the clothing. You have all the paraphernalia of some person that's going out, robbing and murdering and raping and doing everything. Coming right over our air. Everybody's mentioned this. You mentioned that you want to talk about it starts at home. If you try to discipline your kids, you're going to have a class fee you. You're going to be locked up and lose your job and everything else. So we don't include the real issues. It's not about training police to do anything. They're not obligated. They're professionals. They can't stop you from murdering somebody. So we need to get over that. We are being hypnotized and mesmerized by Lord Ducey and Lil said, "Come on, telling us that we need to go and rob. Those dudes that telling us that you need to go and dance in the club and learn how to clip somebody while you're servicing them. All this is coming over our airways. We're not talking about it, but it's just like uh, we, we're covering it up. I mean, we got to understand the powerful forces, the primal forces that are being used against us, even in our clothes, even in our dress. How deceitful they are, and how uh, how how just depraved our minds are. We have to acknowledge that, Cameron. Until we do, we won't see anything. And the main thing is, the music that's being put out over black media is a the lifestyle of these agents that work for the CIA. I know I'm blown off a little bit, but they're being paid by the CIA to purvey that message. And it is catching because life imitates art. You can't
1: get around it. All right, uh, Thanks, Cameron. All right, thank you, Larry. And you could... uh Check back in later in the show. Our regional vice president uh Dion Levingston will be on. And uh, maybe you can ask him about such payments from the CIA, because I've not heard of that. Uh, nevertheless, you did bring up some uh some some good points about things that that could be done. And a lot of it, you know, if you can't prevent it, I really wanted this segment um with Sean to shine light on what happens after. I get it. You can't prevent everything that happens before, but after city county council, mayor's office, we'd like to hear some things about what happens after these crimes. Can we get more detectives? Um, I I just read in the city report that there are going to be 78 new recruits for officers. And I'll look back through that, but I haven't heard uh, what our detective force looks like. That sounds like uh, another place where we need some help with this non-stop violence. Sean, um, as as we have you on, I want to allow people to continue to help. How can people help your family um, with with getting answers? What is your ask to them? you got a lot of people listening to you right now. If
2: you want to stay anonymous and you know something, contact crime stoppers and you know like and give them as much detail as you can also the detective on our case is James hurt and you can uh, contact him as well
1: Sean I want to thank you so much um, like I said this was an important part that doesn't get talked about enough is what happens after not just in the days after but as you pointed out the 16 months after um And some people don't get answers uh, for even longer than that. But maybe there is something that could be done to change that. And that is more resources, more detectives. uh, And as you said, more compassion, more dedication um, to the unfortunate loss that is happening in our city. So, Sean, uh, my love to your family and to you. uh, And as always, I appreciate you uh, chatting with me and letting me uh, uh, tell uh, Shane's story.
2: Thank you so much, Cameron. I appreciate you.
1: And by the way, our producer, Anthony Bell, also says apparently you're his cousin, too. So he says yes. hi. Good oh. morning, Anthony Bell, cousin. <laughs> <laughs> so we're all related. Everybody's Kim in here. All right. Sean, thank you so much. Anthony, uh, I guess we got to talk after the show. Uh, Sean, will be in touch. And if, uh, if anybody has information uh, that can help the Spells family, Please call Crime Stoppers, that number, 317-262-TIPS, or call IMPD directly. More of the Open Line Show is coming up here this morning. And uh, as we said, uh, all morning long, I want to hear your solutions. Not just complaints, but your solutions. If you get to wave your magic wand downtown at City Hall and get to pick what happens, What would you want to happen? Um, That is going to be the request to our callers throughout the rest of the show. Coming up here at 830 is going to be Indiana Senator Jack Sandlin. He is representing District 36, and he is the author of Senate Bill 168 which would give control of IMPD to a state police commission. No more city county council, no more Colin Vop Ossily or Maggie Lewis or Zach Adamson or Lakeisha Jackson. It's going to be state run if this bill gets through. Why is that a good idea? How is it a good idea? We'll get to ask the senator directly and so will you. More of Open Lines with Cameron Riddle coming up after this.
0: We want to hear from you, your thoughts, your views, your voice. We are your eye on the community. It's Open Lines on Hot 96.3. Keeping you connected to what's happening in our city. It's Open Lines on Hot 96.3.
1: And We are back here live on 106.7 WTLC and Hot 96.3. It is open lines on this Sunday, January 24th. I'm Cameron Riddle, and for the rest of our two-hour show today, we are talking to you about solutions. What would you do to solve the violent crime problem? And as you heard from uh, Sean Spells and her story, what happens after the crime? that is our ask to you, the listener, because the powers that be at the city County building also listen to this show. And I know that they are taking notes after the three or four nonstop days that we've had this conversation, not only on this radio station, but uh, Dion Livingston, who's coming on at the nine o'clock hour hosted Tina Cosby show the past two days. And this is where this energy uh, really started because as they were, thursday and friday the phone lines are completely blown up and full all of them are busy so if you are calling and you're getting a busy signal keep trying if you're on the line and you're hearing my voice through the phone that means you're in queue so just stay right there that means i'm coming to you but as i asked you what are your solutions to get through the violent crime issue that we are having in indianapolis what's your solution not just your complaint what's your solution one of the people who has proposed a solution, and by the way, a solution doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to work. It's what, if you, could, if you were in power elected to do something, what would you say this is how I'm going to fix the problem? One of the ways that could be uh, a solution for Indiana Senator Jack Sandlin from District 36 is Senate Bill 168. It would give total control. Of the Indianapolis Metropolitan Police Department to a state police commission that would be made up of four members appointed by the governor and the mayor of the city. The board would provide powers that include authority, responsibility of the executive and legislative body. Uh, they could amend and enforce ordinances. Uh, And resolutions Uh, also relating to the police department, they would serve as the merit board for the police department. They would appoint the chief for the police department who would only be responsible to report to the board. Uh, This also uh, would take effect in January one of twenty twenty three. This is the proposal being put forth right now in the Indiana State Legislature by Senator Jack Sandlin, who represents a large chunk of Center Township, nearly all of Perry Township, and a sliver of Johnson County. He joins us on our live line right now. Senator, good morning.
6: Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me,
1: Cameron. Uh, Thank you for coming on and explaining this. Um, I just just basically read the bill that's on the uh, Indiana General Assembly website. What is Senate Bill 168 in your words?
6: Okay, well, we started looking at uh, um, the Indianapolis Metropolitan Police Department, the crime in Indianapolis. Uh, Crime in Indianapolis didn't start last year, didn't start the year before. This has been a trend uh, that we've seen in the violent crime area over the last four or five years. Um, our homicide rates, our shootings, our stabbings have continually gone up. Um, as you look at uh, the violence that occurred in Indianapolis last year, um, you know the disruption of the community downtown. Um, you know just a, a variety of different things. Uh, you know the question had to be asked. You know what what can we do uh, to make Indianapolis better? What can we do? To make it better for the community. Uh, and when I say the community, I'm talking about the citizens as well as our uh, business people that have invested uh, throughout uh, Indianapolis. And so, in looking at that, uh, experience tells me that we need to look for, you know, a better way to build a better community and to work toward the reduction of violence in the community. And so, uh, looking around the nation, uh, there's a model in Kansas City uh, that we looked at, <clears throat> which has a board that's appointed, and uh, so we drafted a bill, and the bill was introduced, and, and you just summarized it correctly. Uh, we are in the process, as we do with a lot of bills in the legislature, uh, looking at a number of different aspects. Uh and uh, coming up with some amendments, which we will have, I think, within the next couple of weeks. Um, one, one is uh, you characterize the board as a state police uh, board, and and I would submit to you that while the appointments uh, are different uh, and the representation is different, uh, the legislation specifically says that this board will act uh, for the interest of uh, Indianapolis. And, uh, you know, I believe that, uh, is true. And, and I, I think that in talking to, uh, people throughout the community, that having such a board, uh, can enhance, uh, both the trust of the community and the trust of the police department. I'm, you know, I served a career in the Indianapolis Police Department. I was six years on the Indianapolis City County Council. Um, so, you know, I'm not coming at this, you know, uh, from some sterile perspective, uh, Uh, where I don't have at least a little bit of experience to talk about the issues. But, I mean, I don't have to say it. I mean, the community knows that they don't trust the police department. Uh, I don't have to say it. The police know they don't trust the community, and they don't trust the administration. And, And we need to get over that. We need to do something bold. And that's what I've said. We need to do something bold. I don't know if this is the bold that we need to do, but I think that it's moving in the right direction. Um, you know we have to re-engage trust in the community you know when I was a young policeman and, and worked in the community uh, I worked in the in the black neighborhoods uh, of Indianapolis and I knew the people that that lived in the neighborhoods they knew me and we had a trust factor um, you know we need to we just need to get back to that um, you know I think that <clears throat> I think that when you lose uh, trust uh, uh, you know things go awry 43 uh, percent Increase in homicides last year over the year before, and a steady growth in homicides. Um, I had a had a gentleman tell me um, in a personal protection class uh, at a uh, at a uh, firearms range up on the north side. Eighty five percent of the attendees and the classes are black females, and uh, that tells me that people are concerned about their safety, uh, and that they're looking for firearms to, to protect themselves. And you know, I'm I'm not opposed to firearms, and I'm I'm grateful that people are getting training. But do we really want to push in, in that direction? I, I don't know that that's the answer.
1: So I I wanted, I'm glad you gave a thorough answer, and I wanted to just listen to you a- explain that. And one of the things that caught my attention was you said you were uh, you've had a career in uh, law enforcement, and as we know, on the city county council. Um, A lot of uh, Republicans, especially in this state, will talk about small government and local government. There are folks who are upset that the governor, who has authority over the entire state, is doing things that affect local communities at a state level. So my question to you is, with your experience as a police officer and on the city-county council, how does a state-run board... uh, help the people of Indianapolis? What's the plan? And I appreciate the thorough answer, but what's the actual plan to fix the problem? Because it's just the same setup, but over in a different building.
6: Well, I think it gives you, uh, I think it gives you consistency uh, in policy. I mean, recently the Indianapolis City County Council uh, passed a general orders board. um, And I don't know. I mean, I've talked to people all through the summer, about this issue. And most people don't know that the uh, policies and procedures and rules and regulation of the Indianapolis Metropolitan Police Department are actually posted on the Internet. So you can go and look at it. Uh, When I was on the council, um, uh, myself, another counselor, a couple members of the Merit Commission, uh, you know, some police officers and business people uh, sat for, I think, almost a year looking at uh, discipline in the police department and, uh, you know, we looked at uh, how to track uh, those officers that um, have reoccurring incidents. And, and the, so the city has, Indianapolis has a good system. They do that. There's no communication. Uh, um, we used to have great uh, uh, community uh, conversations uh, in in the police department uh, and the community. And, and those just uh, don't exist. And, and the idea behind the board is to give a focus point uh, of representatives of the community, the opportunity to empower the chief to be able to manage the department while providing oversight and, and where you can have more consistent policy, you'll have better communication and better understanding uh, with the community.
1: Now I'm listening to you, but we already have that. Would you have a city County council, you have uh, the mayor, and now you have this oversight board that's coming. Is, is there something special? uh about their about the board being at the state house. The only obvious difference is the um city county council and the IMPD is currently being run by a local Democrat board and we would be under good um good odds that at the state house this would be a Republican controlled um board with the way our legislature is just set up just simple math simple facts is there anything else that gives special that the i guess i'm trying to ask what is the state going to be able to do better or differently that this that the city council can't do
6: well i i'd uh, i didn't refer you to the Kansas city model where uh the board of managers um uh, you know have a more concise opportunity to focus on uh, the public safety right now, you have 25 counselors and, you know, everybody has their, uh, has their favorite, uh, you know, what, whatever it is, uh, de jure of the day. And I'm sorry, we had a little, no, little, you're there. I had you're little there. okay. All right. Um, and uh, you know, and you're saying this would be run out of the state house. And I, and I submit to you, the intent is to uh, have this, uh, be to the benefit of the city of Indianapolis and we are actually looking at uh the appointment makeup um, back in the summer when we looked at this you know we ha- i had lsa uh uh draft a proposal this is the proposal that they drafted i introduced it mm-hmm. uh edited uh, mm-hmm. and as it works we will edit it out so
1: um the phones took did a weird thing a second ago. So folks, you can still call in 317-239-9696 317-239-9696 as we talk about Senate Bill 168. Uh, Senator, I think I could ask you questions about this all morning, but I'm going to give the callers a chance to ask you some questions. But um, before I do that, um, who it who, I have talked to a lot of folks off the off the air and behind the scenes, you know, business owners, but also uh, out in the community, out in the urban community, out in the hood, whatever you want to call it, um, and everybody has a different perspective. Um, who, who did you talk to? You already mentioned business owners, but business owners are the ones um, who inspired you to put this together?
5: Well,
6: I've, I've, talked, to, uh, I've talked to people in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've talked to representatives from the city. I've talked to representatives from the city county council. Uh, and I've talked to others. I'm not going to call anybody yeah. out by name, but I have talked to a lot of people, uh, across the board and my co-author, uh, Senator Baldwin has also talked, uh, to people across the board. And, uh, you know, we've tried to get a pretty uh, broad perspective. I mean, you know, I had a, had a lady, uh, from the northeast part of, uh, Indianapolis, uh, you know, who, who's a black woman that I've known for a lot of years, and she's scared to come out of her house. She called to thank me for the introduction of this bill, and uh, you know, I've had people do that. Um, again, I I think that we need to continue to talk about it and try to come up with the best solution. But now, uh, but which,
1: let me let me just jump in real quick, Senator. Was it the business owners downtown? Because you mentioned uh, the the riots, which uh-oh. while while there was some damage. It actually only happened two days. I was at nonstop um, uh, protests uh, so bad that my feet hurt. So I know that that was was only an issue really for two nights out of all of 2019. There were some lasting effects. But was it the business owners who came to you and said, IMPD or city council, they aren't doing their job?
6: I have talked to business owners as well as I've talked to other people throughout the community. Yes, I've talked to business owners. I mean, I think one of one of the things if you've been downtown. One of the things that you hear from the business owners downtown is how you get uh, the downtown restarted. And I think that uh, you know, with uh, Visit Indy and uh, you know others, you know, they're working very hard to reestablish the downtown. I think that the downtown is part of the community, but. But no, it's not limited to the downtown and the business people no.
1: All right, phone lines are on fire. Three one seven, two three nine ninety six ninety six caller on line one. You are live on open lines with me and Senator Jack Sandlin. Good morning.
5: How are you doing, Senator and Cameron? You
4: know,
1: i Larry, can this is the, your second time, 30 seconds. Okay, I can see something good in this bill, but the amendments need to be to appoint a commissioner
5: and let the uh, city council still be the fiscal body that appropriates to that commission so that when the, the law enforcement actually gets the funding, they can guard against the mayor. Family. Take taking whatever he wants to get at the job fine. I've been able to do it for that two years, that they should have a commissioner appointed for IMPD. just all right. like all other large metropolitan cities have. Thank you. All,
6: all right. Well, thank
1: well. you, Larry. Let's go to another caller online, uh, too. Thank,
6: thank you, Larry. Just a to, just to comment on that comment. Go I, ahead. Um, the, the, the council still has the final say uh, in this proposal. Mm-hmm.
1: Count, you said you broke up a little bit. You said council uh what
6: still has the final say on the budget in this proposal
1: okay all right more calls 317-239-9696 uh caller online two. good morning
7: hey cameron how you doing this morning
1: i'm good larry we got lines are jam-packed so you got one minute
7: you calling me larry oh,
1: i'm sorry paul i apologize i apologize larry called twice i don't even know i expect every line to be larry sometimes when i answer paul <laughs> one minute go ahead
7: Okay. Anyway, um, I I just wanted to say to the young woman and her family that uh, you have a family, and that's what we need to do. We need to stick together as family. So here's my solution. This past Friday on January the 22nd, I circulated a letter, and I mailed a letter to the president and four senators, along with a few other people and yourself, Cameron. You will be receiving it as well. Um, And this letter is a demand letter. And it's going to require the president of the United States to do certain things. And I'm not going to go into a lot of details of it or anything. But what this, is going, what this letter is going to do, it is going to change our lives. 25 is going seconds. To, okay, it's going, it's going to change our lives. And I mean, it's going to, it's going to uh, have such an effect that the president of the United States will have no other choice but to answer this letter. And, uh, Cameron, when you receive it next week, uh, then you review it and call me and we'll talk about it. I want everybody to have a great day and just know that the solution is coming.
1: All right. Thank you, sir. One minute exactly. Well done. Uh, Next caller on line three. Good morning. You're live on the air. Who's this? Good morning. Good morning. Who's this? This is Terry King. How are you? I'm good, Terry. you got one minute. Hit it. Well, real quick, last week
2: you corrected me when I said that that that's. Policeman said that to the dead person. Have mm-hmm. open mm-hmm. He was recommended and slap on the wrist. He should have been terminated. Zero tolerance. Now, for the first time, I agree with Larry. Larry said it starts at home. He's absolutely right because you've had people on the on here. Just like the senator, all due respect. He says new consistency, new policy. whatever nobody with all the combined experience put together, to, including the chief of police. None of them are saying anything different. None of them. First of all, I'd like to say my condolences to the lady that was on the phone and the loss that she suffered. My family, we're waiting. We had three unsolved murders since 1990. So I wish you the best if you get results before we do. As far as um, the change? Ten
4: seconds.
2: Back in the day, it was see something, say something, do something. When Nate Rush was the owner of the apartment building where I live, he did nothing. Mayor Ballard, he did nothing. Now, when you look at, we've had enough prayer vigils,
3: peaceful protests, candlelight kind of like vigils, nothing. Terry, then let me ask thing, you, because
1: I've got I to gotta shut you down here in a second, because okay. i got to keep going. What do you think of Senator Sandlin's bill? You said these other folks didn't do anything. The senator's on the phone and is, and is proposing doing something completely different. What do you think of that?
2: I don't. It's nothing different because nothing's going to change. You got too many angry
3: people who don't believe in him or the system anymore. All the talk, all the media, all the policies, all the laws—nothing has changed. You need to make a bold move. You got people listening to you
2: right now laughing because they know they can shoot somebody and get away with it. Do something that's going to hurt. If somebody's in your house, got a gun, to shoot. Tell them they're going to hold you responsible for that person's shooting. Tell them you ain't going to get a stimulus check. You got to hit them where it hurts, where they feel it. Otherwise, there is no change. Shane Shepard has a great thing,
3: Before You Fall, where he's saving the kids before they fall. And he's doing a wonderful job. But it's the ones that have already fallen. that shooting using these guns. They were raised with no value of life. You remember Boys in the Hood?
1: Hold on. All right, Those Terry. Hold on. Hold on. All right. All right. Uh, you brought up some some good thoughts. I want to ask the senator some questions. Thank you for the call. Senator, uh, a couple of the callers were referencing uh, a Miss Sean Spell, so I don't know if you got to hear any of that uh, conversation that we had with her prior to you coming on the air. Her son Shane was shot and killed uh, September 2019, and to this day, 16 months later, there have not been any answers. In this bill, what would you be doing to change the post game of – uh, for lack of a better word, but what happens after these people are murdered? You know, the I know you said the budget still goes to the city county council, but I, I, I'd love to hear some things that you're going, that you would change other than who's going to control. What would they do differently? Would the hiring be different? Would, um, I know you get to appoint the chief. What could be changed other than who controls it?
6: Well, well I'd say that, um, um, you know, I'm, I'm uh, sorry uh, for the loss that I did not have a chance to hear that conversation. I'm sorry for the loss of the young lady uh, who has suffered multiple uh, crimes, you know, in her family. But, Cameron, police can't get information mm-hmm. about crimes if the community doesn't have confidence in them. Absolutely. And I think that's what, that's what we just heard. Mm-hmm. And so. You know, we need to we need to be bold, and we need to empower our police chief. Uh, you know, Randy Taylor's a great guy. Uh, he gets pulled in a lot of different directions, and if he has one person, one point, one body to report to, um, you know, he can he can do uh, great things in the community. I mean, we've had good police department in the past. Uh, we just have lost the confidence. Uh, between the police and the community, we need to restore that. and this is a mechanism uh, to be able to do that and And it does take it does take some trust to be able to get there. Um, but I think it's doable. I've lived it. I know it, uh, and I think that we can resurrect it. so
1: would uh, you you mentioned Randy Taylor. that was going to be my next question for you. What do you think of the job that he's doing? He responds, reports directly. Um, to Mayor Joe Hogsett, what would you change? How would that dynamic be different? Or do you feel that uh, right now Chief Taylor can't uh, fully do his job because his hands are tied? Or what are you getting at there?
6: Well, I think I think Chief Taylor is a great guy. Uh, you know, I, I don't know him really well, but I know him. Uh, you know, I think that he's respected in the community, and I think he's respected in the department. Uh, but there's a, there's, a different, uh, there's a difference between uh, 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 reporting to a political person. I mean, I was in that system. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I can tell you that. And you have those political nuances going, going on. Uh, and I think that that's somewhat removed uh, if you have a board of commissioners that someone's uh, reporting to and, and is in charge. I mean, literally is in charge. And, and you don't have that under the political system.
1: Let me ask you this, uh, Senator, as we get ready to move into our 9 o'clock hour. I already know that some of the calls, because I'm getting texts and I'm getting tweets, several texts while we've been on, because people can't get through on the line here. And one of the texts just says straight up, ask him if this is just simply about taking power from the Democrat-run city of Indianapolis that is this this little blueberry in this Red Sea of tomato soup that the rest of Indiana is. Is this about taking local power away from the Democrats and giving it to the Republicans who run the statehouse?
6: No, absolutely not. This is about creating something bold and better to address the violence and the crime in the city of Indianapolis. You know, Cameron, we've got 82,000 service workers that work in the uh, convention and, and visitors' area in downtown indianapolis most of them are out of work right now um you know we've got uh, restaurants great restaurants in the community uh you know people whether they're in indianapolis or out of indianapolis are saying you know they're not coming back uh to the restaurants because they don't feel safe um you know we've got uh, violent crime that continues escalating i said earlier 43 percent increase uh last year over the year before in homicides um there's a there's a number of, uh, there's a number of, of uh, things that are still going on. The first 23 days uh, of January, 85 people have been stabbed or shot, 14 people killed, and, and we're heading toward another record homicide rate in Indianapolis. What are we going to do uh, to address this? Uh, what we've been doing over the last four or five years uh, certainly hasn't worked. In fact, it's accelerated. Ah, uh, the violent crime in the community. I, I'm presenting this as a bold opportunity to take a different approach uh, that I believe that and others believe will have uh, significant results. You know, we're working in a combination of things. I think uh, uh, Representative Sturwald over in the House, you know, has some uh, uh, reform measures that he's introducing regarding uh, training and other things that are going to benefit law enforcement throughout the state and particularly Indianapolis and, and uh, our law enforcement training Academy, the the governor's going to put a huge investment uh, in the law enforcement training Academy, the better trained. We're talking about uh, body cameras. Uh, you know, I'm a proponent of body cameras and uh, you know, I think that we just need to continue to look at uh, better ways to do it. And, and uh, let, let's break the mold. Let's, let's try something and be innovative and, and, uh, uh, see if we can't have a, a great impact for the
1: community. You seem to have quite a bit of support in the legislature. You've got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten senators who have co-authored this bill uh, alongside you. And it looks like, as my computer screen just went blank, uh, Senator Aaron Freeman also has co-authored this to you. Senator Freeman, by the way, also a former uh, city county city county council member, as I get ready to wrap up, if you go back to your days as a city-county counselor, uh, how would you have responded to the state coming in saying oh. that they're going to take over uh, or a, a senator coming in saying, hey, we want a state board of commission or whatever we want to call it to uh, relieve the city-county council from running the IMPD? How would you as a city-county councilor, who would be losing that power and you and Senator Freeman, how would you respond if the shoe's on the other foot?
6: Well, I can't speak. For, I can't speak for Senator Freeman, but I'd tell you that I wouldn't be very happy about it, and uh, I'd want to know why, and I'd want some good explanations.
1: All right. Uh, what happens next with this bill?
6: Well, uh, it, it'll be set for a uh, committee hearing, and. Uh, you know, uh, we're working on amendments. We'll do the amendments to have them ready for when the committee hearing is going to be set. I don't have a date on that yet. But my uh, email is s36 at iga.in.gov. I, I'd welcome uh, comments, uh, feedback from the community. Again, that's s36 at iga.in.gov.
1: All right, folks, you just got the contact information for Senator Jack Sandlin. And, Senator, um, if you keep your radio on for a bit longer, you're going to hear uh, some more calls firsthand because we are, we are moving on. But we're staying on this topic. Senator, I want to thank you for coming on the show because um, there was some – when I told some folks that I invited you to come on, they said he ain't coming. They said he's not coming. I'll bet you he's not coming. And I didn't take the bet. I should have taken the bet. Uh, because I believe that you would come. And I want to let you know that, um, you know, while uh, a lot of people uh, may disagree with this bill, uh, I do at least have, I have got respect for you for coming on because you took the live questions. We have a lot of Republicans who we invite to come on to this show and to this station who do not come because they know a lot of the folks who are probably listening probably didn't or won't vote for them because they're black and brown and Democrat, yada, yada, yada. But you did well, so, you did come yeah. on, and so I do thank you uh, for doing that.
6: Oh, uh, I I appreciate it, and I'll tell you some of my some of my greatest times in interviews was when Amos Brown was on the radio, and and uh, he and I used to banter and talk, and and uh, great man, great loss to the community. Uh, but I appreciate being back.
1: Absolutely, please come back. Uh, the invites will keep coming, and tell your friends to come on by. Open lines and uh, Radio One WTC. Thank you, sir, Thank you. Senator Sandlin, uh, for joining us live here on Open Lines. Uh, I got a lot of texts that I were trying to respond to. The phone lines are still hot. Our regional vice president, Dion Livingston, is coming up here in just a second. I know we're going to continue to talk about uh, this particular uh, topic of Bill One Six Eight, as well as all of your solutions on what we can do to solve the crime. And while we're moving on. The show is continuing. We're doing a special two-hour edition of Open Lines this morning, so keep calling. The phone lines are still hot. I'm coming to you on the other side of the break. We've got to pay some bills that we are thankful uh, to have to uh, go do. But when we come back in three minutes, our boss, regional vice president, Dion Levingston, joins us live on Open Lines. He and I will take your calls, and we'll also be joined by B. Swift from Hot 96.3 coming up at 9.30. More of Open Lines is coming up after this.
0: We want to hear from you, your thoughts, your views, your voice. We are your eye on the community. It's Open Lines on High 96.3. WHHH-FM Indianapolis. It's time to take a look at what's going on in and around Indy. It's Open Lines, your eye on the community on High 96.3. One, one, two,
6: two, three, three. Hold up.
1: And we are back in the Radio 1 studios here in Indianapolis. It's 106.7 WTLC and Hot 96.3. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle, back on a special two-hour edition of Open Lines on this Sunday, January 24th. Phone lines have been on fire since we came on the air an hour ago, and we're going to get to all these phone calls here in just a second. Uh, We had a great first hour with uh, Sean Spells telling the family what's happened, uh, telling the story of what has happened to her family, rather. And then a good conversation there with uh, Senator Jack Sandlin, who is proposing Senate Bill 168, which would give uh, a state-run commission uh, the power and total control over the Indianapolis Metropolitan Police Department. Uh, As I said, this conversation that we're having on the air today Was not my idea, but uh, was birthed by our regional vice president and general manager, Dion Levingston, who got to fill in for our community affairs director, Tina Cosby, on Community Connection. The show was so powerful uh, over the three days that he did it, but I believe two days, if I remember correct, were just about uh, the violence issue uh, that Dion had the idea. Let's continue it on Sunday. Let's do two hours And I'm glad he made that decision because uh, there's so much to talk about. So many guests, so many questions, so many callers that we're continuing it today. Dion joins us live right now uh, on our live line. Good morning, Dion.
8: Good morning, Cameron. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am excellent. First off, I want to thank the state senator for what you said, because I was one of the people that said he's not coming on. Mm -hmm. Yes. And um, you should have took that bet. I should have. Um, uh, Because he did come on, and I want to thank him. And I I disagree with a lot of the things that he said, and I disagree with this bill, but I want to thank him um, for coming on. And you didn't take the other bet. You would have lost. Right. The way he described this bill is totally different than the way he described it in, in other surroundings. So, and I knew that was going to be the case, so we would have been fifty fifty on the best camera
1: well, um like i said i should have should have taken the first one. the second one let's let's talk about that you're you're referencing an interview the senator did with a radio station uh ten blocks down the street from us um and he described the bill in part, he did talk about you know that this was um a conversation that he had with with business owners, uh, I guess what I took away from it was in the other interview, he didn't mention violence elsewhere. In our conversation today, he also brought up that this was because of conversations he's having, not just downtown, but in the hood. Uh, is that what you took away? Like, I heard what he said, but it was different. That, that that's what I took away. And this is
8: what I want everybody to understand. And I say this all the time, I said it. And thank um, and welcome Tina is now um, a grandmother, her first um, grandchild. And um, that's why I was filling in for her. She's now and, Big Mama.
1: Round of applause.
8: Yeah, she's now Big Mama. I also want to say to Sean, um, we, I will definitely make a um, $51. Um, gift to um, Hoosiers Against Gun Violence for her birthday. I think she said this was her 51st yes, birthday is. and she's telling people celebrate her birthday with um, a donation to Hoosiers Against Gun Violence. And I will definitely do that. And I'm sorry for her loss um, and loss of in the losses of, uh, of numerous people throughout our community. Uh, there are a couple of things that I think they're important. And and I was very hard on this bill because there's no action to me to this bill. All, all you're doing is changing who people report to. And I personally feel like this bill is just an extension of UNIGOV 2021. And when I say UNIGOV 2021, I talk about um, now um, trying to have the state control Indigo. I talk about what happened with the mayor, what happened with the judges that we're one of only four counties in the state of Indiana. And ironically, because it's not because they're all Democratic counties, ironically, they're all Democratic counties that are now in control. Um, and that comes to the state, Indianapolis being the largest um, of those counties and Marion County being the largest. Now, the new version of that is, I- is IMPD. And all you have to do is have a history of Indianapolis to understand why UNIGOV came up in 1969. You had places and cities around the country that were starting to elect black mayors, and you saw the demographics of, universe, of the uh, Marion County changing. Hence, you have people who get to vote for, mayor, for the mayor of um, Indianapolis. Anybody that votes for somebody for Indianapolis should have to pay taxes to Indianapolis. That's the thought. I bet you that'll change. Um, if that happens. But my thought is this. And in, in if you are a and I'm just going to keep it real for a split second, if you're a black person looking at this, you're now saying, OK, this is another way that my vote doesn't count. You have gone out of the way to suppress my vote in Marion County um, through closing um, early voting places, through limiting hours, through everything else. So but still and black people overwhelmingly vote Democratic. Uh, which I've said over and over again that black people shouldn't overwhelmingly vote Democrat unless they're going to hold Democrats to doing some of the things they need to do for our community. But I'm going to put that on the table and off to the side. But it's like it's like when Trump was running through the hallway since somebody stole an election, but he only wanted to contest the states He lost a lot of states and lost by seven million votes, but he only wanted to contest the states that had very high black voter turnout. He lost He lost Georgia because black people turned out like crazy in Atlanta. He lost Wisconsin because black people turned out like crazy in Madison and Milwaukee. He lost Pennsylvania because black people turned out like crazy in Philly. He lost Michigan because black people turned out like crazy in Detroit. So that can't be right because we've done all these things to suppress your vote. You still turned out like crazy. So I must have had an election stolen. So if you're a black person in Marion County, Unigov. Now, wait. So we did this Unigov, and it looks like there may be a possibility that there may be a black mayor that comes up in Indianapolis. There may be a possibility as Democrat as, as uh, demographics com- continue to change. And Lord, behold, if black folks ever voted more than fifty or sixty percent in the city, what would happen? So let's put these bills in place that change. And it's ironic to me that all these bills are put forth by re- former Republicans on the city council and now in the state. And you couldn't control
4: the city council.
8: So now you're at the state, which is controlled by Republicans. So now let's put bills in place that make this under Republican control.
1: And, you know, I asked the senator, I said, hey, you were on the city council, and so was Aaron Freeman. If she was on the other foot and you were in the council and a state tried to come in or a Democratic state legislature tried to come in and do this, would you be okay with it? And, And he said he'd welcome it. Do you believe that?
8: Well, he said he'd ask a lot of questions um, to figure out if it helped. But I, I look at this bill, and I've read this bill back and forth. There are no actionable solutions in this bill again. And that's what I want to talk about, Cameron, um, today, because you talked about the extension of what we did on the air. And it was very important because this image is being painted of black males in Indianapolis. So I had Shiloh Means on um, 19 at ten talking about um, Mario, one of the um, Cathedral football, um, Cathedral high school students, um, and you had a team that um, all year long donated a season to him and went for two after every time they scored because his number was two on the field, and he was shot down um, in gun violence. Um, to, and then I played a clip of him talking about his future in his senior year and what he wanted to do. You had a kid that was very dedicated to school, very dedicated to sports, very dedicated to the community who lost his life. That's a life gone. And then I had uh, my son who's a 20 year old um, born and bred in Indianapolis um, entrepreneur coming up, talking about that. And I had Swift come on as a 30 year old born and bred in Indianapolis. Cause I wanted to see, I wanted people to see different images of black males in Indianapolis. And, and my son said, he knows, I think he said six or eight people who were killed by violence in Indianapolis. Um, His best friend was killed in violence in Indianapolis. And Swift said that because of what he does, because he's active in the community, he knew over 30 people. I'm sorry. You shouldn't be 30 years old and know over 30 people killed in the city you were born and raised in. That's a problem.
1: You mentioned B. Swift and he is in the building now, Dion. He is with us in the studio. Swift is here.
8: Oh, OK, well, then you can break Swift on the line if you want to while we talk. But he shouldn't be. You shouldn't be 30 years old and know 30 people killed in the city you were born and raised in. And, and, and we've become numb to it. And we've become numb to it for a couple reasons. One, you know, I, I run these radio stations. I've run media companies. We do tons of focus groups. Focus groups say people don't want to hear negative things. Focus groups say people don't want to hear about violence and stuff. Focus groups say people worked a hard day and they want to get out and they want warm and fuzzy news. And also the focus groups say who their target is. And if their target is a soccer mom in Carmel, um, that is in her late thirties with two kids, she doesn't want to hear about violence in Indianapolis. So, so media, our fellow media, um, don't cover it at the level of what is happening. And and we got to put a stop to this. These are our boys and girls. These are our futures that we're losing. And people paint this picture that if you're not involved in violence, it's not going to come. It's not going to happen to you and your community. And we've had on over and over again you know, over the last three days, people who were not involved in violence, people who, who did lose a loved one, um, a cousin, a teammate, a friend, a son, um, a daughter, and, and they weren't involved in, in, in violence to, or in, in something else, however it wants to be painted. So I, I just think that's, that's very important. And the reoccurring thought, Cameron, over and over and over again was accountability. Accountability among people. And because over and over again, our listeners have said, and they said it this morning, you shoot somebody, you get locked up, really locked up. And then accountability to the police department. And I, when I say locked up, I want to be clear. There are underlying problems that we need to address, systemic racism and several other things we need to address. I want to be clear. But if you shoot somebody, you need to have serious penalties, serious consequences. And right now, too many people don't feel like they have them. So that was the first thing. The second thing that's come up is, this, and you've talked about it, this closure rate, 40%. If you're a student and you're listening to me and you get 40% on a test, you fail. Think about if you call your job and say, I'm only going to show up 40% of the days, or I'm only going to complete 40% of my tasks. What happens? We need to hold the police department accountable. Now, I'm not singling out a single person in the police department. I'm just saying 40% is unacceptable. We need to have real discussions about that. If you look anywhere from 2017 forward, Indianapolis will be in the top 10 to top 25% of all cities with a homicide rate. That's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. This is where we raise our kids. This is where I raise my kids. I have a 25-year-old. I have a 22-year-old. This is unacceptable. Phone lines are on fire, Dion. And, and and that's what we're talking about. Just follow this. One of our callers gave this example. There were over 750 shootings in Indianapolis last year. That that there's a shooting at nine o'clock somewhere in Indianapolis, and then at three o'clock there's a shooting somewhere in Indianapolis. Because we just talked about that there were 240 some odd homicides. There were 750 shootings.
4: Well, well, hold another on, 200, Dion.
8: another 250 stabbings. So just imagine every single day there's a shooting at nine, a shooting at three, and every two thirds day, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday there's a stabbing.
0: Well, well, you got every
8: gotta... single day in Indianapolis.
0: Dion, you got to listen. Did you see from eleven thirty to four a.m. what happened? Seven shootings yeah. between eleven thirty p.m. to four a.m. this morning. From eleven thirty, one ten, two o'clock, three seventeen, three forty three. And then one early this morning where they're they're saying it's probably multiple like three people passed away, I believe. They haven't really released it, but I've kind of heard that through some rumblings. But that's from eleven thirty to three this morning.
8: So so it's unacceptable. And I and I and I applaud the senator for putting something forward. I still question his motives and and, and understand. If your motives and my motives are different, but we accomplish the same thing, I'm for you if you can give me actions and solutions, right? So if he wants to figure out how downtown business owners, because there were only two days, as Cameron pointed out, mm-hmm. how be- downtown business owners get their occupancy rate up from 13 and 20% for hotels and stuff. Because that is because we do need we do need the convention center working. We do need our hotels working. We do need our restaurants working. I get that. They employ a lot of people that look like us. So if you can tell me how your goal, which is your underlying goal, which I believe, because that's what you led with when you were on another station, um, And my goal of making my community safe for my kids, for other people's kids, for um, people going to work every single day. If you can tell me how they work together, I'm 100% for you, sign me up, I'm on your bandwagon. I just believe that this is, this. I, I disagree with the method here, and I believe that you all you're doing is changing rooms. You're changing it from a Democratic room to a Republican room. room. And I, I just want people in Indianapolis to be aware, whether we talk about gov, whether we talk about the judges, whether we talk about IMPD, there seems to be a trend that, all, that and I won't say all of a sudden because I'll go back to 1969, that there needs to be a bigger control of Indianapolis. And as Indianapolis becomes more black and brown, that there needs to be a bigger, bigger control because we're not smart enough to govern ourselves. And I got a problem with that. And you can change it, you can color it any way you want to, but it still comes back to do black votes matter. I'm sorry. That's the way I feel. Y'all can come for me. You can tell me I'm wrong. It's, I'm all good with that. But too many of these bills are coming forward like this. That, that, And I won't say all of a sudden, because it, it has a history and a track record, that We're smarter than you. We can govern you better than you, which I think is ironic because Republicans run up and down the hallway talking about local control, talking about this is a local decision. It should be local unless we believe we're smarter than you. Therefore, we can govern you. I have a problem with it, and I'm not saying that Democrats have all the answers, and I'm not saying, and, and I've said over and over again, black folks need to stop voting blindly for Democrats. Unless they're gonna hold Democrats accountable.
1: All right, let's go to the phone lines on this morning talking about solutions to the violence. As Swift pointed out, as we talked about last hour, seven shootings that we know of uh, happened uh, just on this date, and it's just nine twenty-four in the morning um, on the air this morning with Dion Levinson, our regional vice president and general manager, and b swift our afternoon personality and i know you have some other title here as well. yeah don't b. worry yeah. about it uh, I mean, he's very he's very <laughs> the accomplished. janitor i'm the janitor as kenny kicks would say he's very accomplished uh let's go to the phone lines 317-239-9696 and hear from you caller on line one good morning who's this hello you're live on the air good morning good morning who's this uh, anonymous. anonymous. I just want to Go say ahead.
2: that I want to give out my condolences to the, all the families with unsolved homicide crimes. That's first and foremost. Um, this year has came in with a bang uh, as far as detectives is concerned. I want to touch on that. Uh, I had uh, a shooting. Someone shot my window out New Year's Eve, and uh, mm. I called uh, and uh, I called nine hundred and eleven, and no one answered. Um, then I called a, uh, a police officer friend of mine who dispatched to, to another police officer who came, who was reluctant about taking a report. I'm not going to go into a whole lot of details, But the detective finally called me two weeks later and asked me, did I have the gunshot casing?" So I said, let me get this straight. Um, you want me to solve who did this? And uh, I know it's not going anywhere. I just want to make a report. The bullet's in the kitchen. You can have it. If it comes up where you find another bullet to match that bullet, maybe it'll help you solve a crime. But uh, Dion is right. Uh, We need to hold these people accountable, whether they're blue or red. Uh, It doesn't matter. We're not getting any action. And I don't think that uh, a case should sit on any detective's desk for a year or more. Keep it moving. Pass it on to someone who's going to be more productive. If change is coming, we know this is not
1: working. So
2: let change come and come quickly.
1: All right. Thank you so much for the call. Let's keep going. Caller online, too. You're live on Open Lines. Who's this? Hello. Hello. Who's this?
3: I want to remain anonymous.
1: All right, anonymous. You got a minute. Go for it.
3: All right. I'm going to do it quick. Uh, first, I want to say happy birthday to Sean, and she knows how I feel about this situation will be donating to piggyback on what she said, how she calls and they give her short answers. And uh, this is just an assumption. If they can't do the phone work uh, by being cordial and giving good answers, then uh, why would we think they're doing the leg work? I think that uh, maybe if uh, the police uh, or the detectives were given uh, special incentives, monetary rewards, um, uh uh, to to uh promotions and things like that so uh uh, for solving cases under their belt maybe give their children free education uh uh, you know just prizes or something maybe if you give them something they'll do better as far as trying to solve uh uh, these cases uh if you uh maybe um put out um uh, billboards and on buses and things like that uh Making it plain for those that withhold uh, information that is very pertinent for a certain case that they will be held accountable in the future if found out. Um, maybe, um, you know, uh, for them to contact the detectives to contact the family and let them know the steps that are being taken and have been taken without giving out the intricate or private information. I think that maybe possibly. Some of these cases can be
1: solved. All right. Thank you so much for the call. I appreciate it. And Sean is still hey, listening because she's texting. Hey, go ahead, Dion.
8: Hey, hey yeah. Cameron, before you go back to the line, and, and thank you for the call so much. And, and not pointing specifically to this caller, but I just want to say part of the problem is anonymous. Everybody wants to be anonymous. Everybody wants to step. We as a we need to start stepping up and saying we're not going to accept this in our community and stop being anonymous. We've got to take our community back. I mean, yes, we've got to hold the police accountable, but we've got to hold ourselves accountable as well. That's all I want to say, Cameron.
1: All right, right. 317-239-9696, that's the number to get on the air this morning. Caller on Line 3, good morning. You're live on Open Lines.
9: Hey, good morning. Uh, Thanks. I've been waiting for a while. I appreciate uh, the conversation this morning.
1: Thank you for your patience.
9: Um, yeah, I wanted to get back to the to the actual question is what can we do about to, to stop all the, the, the violence that's going on in the city? And, and and unfortunately, I don't think we we can't police this thing away. Like, there's a lot of police in the city. There's a lot of police on the street. Um, and uh, I work at a firehouse on the near northwest side of Indianapolis, so one of the more violent zip codes in the city. There's a lot of police there. And there's still a lot of people that get shot and stabbed every day up there. And, you know, like, more police on the street isn't going to fix this this is a social problem that's been that's been building for a long long time and i think that the the solution to it is not an overnight fix it's going to take some years to fix this thing because it's been going on for a while so um what we don't have here is we don't have a good emphasis on education it's 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 a, a fact that educated societies don't kill each other like we do we need to we need to put more money back into education Um, and and start fixing this problem from the kids that are young now in school. So when they become older, younger younger adults, uh, teenagers, that they have some opportunity, they have some education, they have some life skills to be able to make the correct decisions. Um, And then we have to have the economic uh, engine to be able to put these kids and put these people... Um, in the society that they work and they have and they have some self-worth and some freedom. But I think it all starts in, in education. Um, and we don't do enough in the city of Indianapolis to, uh, for the education. Education is always put on the back burner. We need, teachers need more pay so we can actually get good teachers. Um, teachers need help. They need social workers. They need uh, all these things that that the schools don't give. But we don't have a problem giving the Pacers money. We don't have a problem giving the Colts money. We don't have a problem keeping all the sports going in the city, but we have a problem giving money to education to to, to help fix these problems and and to this, the root cause of what's going on right now. And I think we got our we got our priorities all mixed up. You know, we can, we don't mind taxing some we don't mind having some taxes so that we can you know we can keep these sports uh, things going and giving them millions and millions. That's a drop in the bucket of what do we take just a, a fraction of a percentage. Of, a, of an education tax for businesses in the city to uh, to put that towards education to to to, to fix this problem. And un- unfortunately, I don't have a quick solution to what's going on right now with the violence, um, but I know you can't police it away. Right. I know you can't put more cops on the street because I can tell you there's tons of cops in my district I work in, and a lot of them are really, really good. They're everywhere, and uh, one block away... You hear gunshots. You'll be on one run, and a block away you hear more gunshots, and somebody else got shot. Like more police aren't going to fix it. You know they're they're stretched thin the way it is, and and people don't care. They're not worried about the 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 people that are doing the shooting. They're not worried about I'm going to go to jail. They're not worried about it. They don't care about that kind of stuff. It's out of their mind. It's a different realm. And I think even to some of it, it's a little bit of a um, maybe a badge of honor to say, yeah, I got. You know, I went to jail. Now I'm back, and maybe that's part of the problem too. But I think we got to start getting back. I'm getting a little riled up, but I think we need to get back to the so the root of the problem. I, I think those. And are, it's going to be a long-term problem. It's going to be a longer-term solution than I think people want to hear, but I think that's what we need to do.
1: All right, Mr. Firefighter, hey, thank you so much for your thorough uh, answer. We appreciate and appreciate what you do, Dion. Go ahead, because we got to hey, take a break Cameron, in a minute.
8: Yeah, Cameron, I think those are excellent points. But he raised. Two things, and I want Swift to talk about because Swift educated me on Tuesday about um, his order and YouTubing and how there used to be um, midnight basketball, but maybe it's not basketball with these kids and other stuff. But before we go to Swift, there are two things that um, that gentleman just raised are very important. He raised accountability again, which we heard over and over again. That if you shoot somebody, you need to feel like it's that you're not going to go and be back with a badge of honor two, three years from now. And then the second thing that he raised um, gets to what we talked about the other day. Indiana, if you look at, pre- at preventive steps, Indiana is in the bottom 10 of almost every state in preventive steps, meaning health, other things of trying to be pre- pre- preventive from it happening in the forefront. And Swift talked about his daughter and YouTubing and what young folks want to do. And it may not be basketball or community football or whatever else. And Swift, I want you just to talk about that discussion because you you open my eyes with that.
0: So we, we're going to get into that, but I, we're going to go pay these bills first because that's important and because um, I don't want you to be sending me and Cameron an email on Monday. So we're going to go okay. do this real fast, and then we're going to come back, and I'll jump into that discussion.
1: All right, more of open lines because I've been trying to figure out how are we are going to get these commercials in the past half hour. More of open lines with me, Cameron Riddle, our regional vice president, Deion Levinson, and B. Swift coming up. Keep calling 317-239-9696. We are back in just a moment
0: we want to hear from you your thoughts your views your voice we are your eye on the community it's Open Lines on High 96.3 keeping you connected to what's happening in our city it's Open Lines on High 96.3
1: And we are back here on a Sunday morning with a special two-hour edition of Open Lines. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle, in the studio with our afternoon drive personality, B. Swift, and on the phone is our boss, regional vice president and general manager, Dion Levingston. Before we went to break, Dion, you were asking Swift to tell us about um, the things on YouTube and the different signs that are popping up.
0: You cut Dion off? Dion, no, I'm here. There I thought we were going to
8: Swift. I was, yeah. Swift mentioned um, that we did have um, midnight basketball years ago, and we had golf at Douglas Park. And I'm aging myself to all y'all people in Indianapolis <laughs> right now, but but we had all these different programs. And Swift was saying, talking about coding and things that to what the um, previous caller was talking about things that we could do to actively get people involved that are different now. And, Smith, why don't you go ahead and talk
0: about that? All right. So, I guess, you know, when 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 you when people ask about solutions, you always hear people say, well, there's not enough boys and girls clubs. There's not enough gyms and football programs. And don't get me wrong. I grew up in India. I'm, I'm in my 30s. And I, I have a two-year – I have a four-year-old, exactly, actually. And and I pay attention to what's going on. And the times have changed. Um, I'm not going to say these kids don't want to be basketball players and, and football players because they do. But I think more have realized that it's harder to get into the NFL. It's harder to get into the NBA than it than today. So the times have changed, and kids want to YouTube. Kids know you can make a lot of money. You you get a you get a thousand subscribers on YouTube. You you start getting a check. Um, and and they've become natural to this. Kids have learned thanks to the school systems. Kids have learned how to become graphic designers. They've come. They've learned how to. Uh, Edit videos better than some people that's been in this industry 20 and 30 years. They've learned it because now technology is king. And for me, like when I look at IMPD, for instance, and I'll use them as one, um, you got Pal Club, right? Pal Club was basketball, football back in the day, and it kind of doesn't exist anymore. Why not bring Pal Club back with a different twist? You have IMPD has a drone program where if something happens, like right now what's going on on Adams, I guarantee the guy out there has the drone and he's flying it over the neighborhood, he's canvassing the neighborhood, he's getting aerial shots and all of this. Bro, kids are flying $25 drones better than some people that own $1,000 drones. Why not create a program where on Saturday or Sundays you go get, you you invite kids over to the JTV Hill Center where I'm, I'm sure that's like an IMPD headquarter now, I grew up in that, in that thing. Why not invite them over there and teach them about drones, teach them how to fly drones? Why I. I I don't know if they have it, but I think Bomb Squad has a damn robot that goes in houses and picks up bombs. Mm Why not teach these kids how to use these bombs because, I mean, these robots, because now you do have robotics programs in schools. Why not uh, take some of the confiscated items you have in the basement and create a uh, a, a program where you teach kids how to edit video, shoot video. Um, again, we, 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 we're all not gonna be doctors. You know what I mean? We're not all gonna be on the news. We're not all gonna be on the radio. We're not all, like the kids of today's generation have created their own success path mm-hmm. and A a lot of it deals with the internet, and I think we should start using this. You know what I mean? Like, it's a lot of OGs out here, even when you look at grassroots organizations. And the things we was doing 10 years ago doesn't work today. Mm -hmm. I don't care how much you you tell us it does. It's not the same because these kids, I won't say they don't respect it, but they don't respect it. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. they got their own path and their own way of thinking. And we have to meet the kids in the middle where they want to be at. Mm -hmm. We can't push Go to college, go to college. Again, it's great, Mm -hmm. but not everybody's going to go. So we have to teach because, bro, my four-year-old wakes up every morning when she's with me. And we turn on this channel on my Samsung TV. It's a smart TV. So Mm -hmm. we turn on this channel. And I watch this kid named Ryan. Mm -hmm. Ryan is worth $32 million. Mm -hmm. And he's he's like 9 or 11 years of age. Mm -hmm. And all Ryan does is get on YouTube and play with toys. So now she wants to be on YouTube, playing with toys, inviting them in our house, watch, letting them watch her cook, letting them watch her make volcanoes explode. This is what a four-year-old wants to do, and I can put a camera on her right now. And she would instantly, hi, guys, my name is Germany. Welcome to Germany's World. And today on Germany's <laughs> World, I'm going to show you da 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 Like, we have to get out of the old way of thinking. Nothing wrong with it. Mm-hmm. The OG's got to meet with the youngsters and say, well, what do y'all want? Because what we're tr- trying to do has worked, but we need a new approach to what you guys is doing so we can meet y'all in the middle. Like, I applaud the IBE, Indiana Black Expo. Mm-hmm. They have a program over there. I just went and took a full tour of the studio. They have studios. They have film film rooms. Mm-hmm. They are auditoriums and... We have to go to where the kids are and and, and and implement some of these programs. So whether it's the the, the mayor hogs it, you hear me, bro. Mm-hmm. Holler at me. Whether it's the governor, Holcomb, you hear me, bro. Your people holler at me. We have to quit with the old way of thinking with the solutions. Mm-hmm. Midnight basketball was cool. But everybody not hooping no more. You know what I'm saying? So why not bring back some of these things and use some of the stuff that's cool today? Because coding is it. Shout out to my Mm -hmm. man Jeff and the Nimble Company. Like They have an amazing program. Like Coding is where it is. When you look at the schools, they're teaching this. Mm -hmm. They're teaching robotics. They're teaching uh, graphic designs. Because, again, that's where the shift has become. A lot of people don't want to sit in the office building all day. And if you want people to figure out, well, how do we reduce the violence? And and, and if you talk to a lot of these people after the situation happened, a lot of times I had to get some money. I didn't know no other right. way. Like nobody would hear me. I want to rap. I don't have money for studio. I I want to shoot a video. I don't have this, so I had to go get some money. Mm-hmm. We have to. Meet them in the middle and and, and, and and do that with the, you know what I mean? These mm-hmm. programs that, that are here and embrace these programs. Again, nothing against the old guys, but we got to go to the young guys and get their inputs and let them help the D Rosses, the, the Shanes, the, the, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I can keep going to yep. the, the D Nail Howards, you know what I mean? We got to go yep. to these guys because, again, nothing, nothing, and, and, and me and Dion get into it every time I say this a lot on calls but nothing against the 50 and 60 year old guys. The way you're thinking <laughs> isn't, I won't say it's wrong. <laughs> But we've elevated a little bit, and, and, and what's worked in the past is the past, and it's changed. So you marching down my neighborhood every night? And, and again, I don't want nobody to mm-hmm. think I'm calling out nobody before <laughs> I say that. The, I'm not because I respect every organization in the city and the people that run it. But that marching down my neighborhood at night, it's not it no more. Mm-hmm. That only means so much because you're only going to be out there for an hour, and once you're gone, I'm back at what I was doing. Right. So why not have somebody pull up and say, yo, what, what do you like to do? Well, how can I help you? Oh, you like to take pictures? How can I get a camera in your hand and every week you got to bring me 60 pictures and I'm going to pay you for them. You're going to be my modern day Peter Parker. I'm going to pay you for these pictures. You're going to shoot your video. I'm going to help you learn how to use Adobe Premiere so you can know how to use a green green, uh, screen and key and put these graphics in the back. So now you can take that and you can go to Channel 6 or you can go to Radio 1. You can go to 13 and say, hey, I got experience. Can I get an internship or can I get a job? You know what I mean? Like... We 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 got to get there because technology is king right now. You
1: know, I, I had I had I had an idea like that where I wanted the schools to all come together. Um, Dion, you talk about Unigov—that's a whole other thing with the schools. Um, I wanted them to all come together and basically do like an Indianapolis at night it was my idea. I've never said this anyway, but to, to do exactly what Swift is is doing, have a place for these kids to be at night and keep them there basically till it's time to go to bed. Put them on some buses. If they got to go home at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, do it. But they're off the streets. and But they're doing exactly, they're not just playing basketball, they're doing the things that you said to do. But for some people, when you say that, they say, well, that just sounds like child care. You got to do something.
0: They got to do something. And, well, and, and
1: well I ahead, I think
8: it's deeper than child care, though. I, I, Swift, what Swift said, and I go back to what the um, the gentleman who said he was a firefighter said, there, there are multi-levels of this. And and the way we solve it is to talk about all the levels, to have a real discussion. And education is a big level. And putting resources there so people feel like they've got resources to help them give an, to get an alternative um, to violence is important. So I, I think there are multiple things that we're working at the same time to get to the solution that we need.
0: No, facts. And, 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 and what people got to realize is, today's today's generation and Dion, you say it a lot today's generation and my boss Cameron Vaughn just takes me because her son said it to her today's generation don't want to be employees they want to be bosses yeah again i have a four-year-old yep. my four-year-old yep. two weeks ago came to me and her mother and said i need merch i need to sell merch <laughs> with my name and my face <laughs> on it and i'm like you're four what do you know about merch but she's seen somebody on youtube say it you know what I mean? Well, forget it. If I got to put $500 in the T-shirts, I'm going to do it because you want to be a boss. You don't at four. You already telling yep. me you don't want to go to work. These kids have changed the way of thinking today. And and, and, and the pandemic has changed the way everybody mm-hmm. thinks. I we're don't just, care. We just talked. Yeah. It. I don't care if you're four, or if you're 70, the pandemic has either told you to boss up mm-hmm. or enjoy your life as an employee. Look at how many businesses have been started. Throughout the pandemic, I I, I can tell you a number of felons. I can tell you a number of college kids. I can tell you a number of teenagers right now through the pandemic that have joined the trucking Mm -hmm. trucking industry. Mm Mm-hmm. You know I know people With no license That own box trucks Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they're getting To the money Because they have Yo I ain't gonna Keep going to this 9 to 5 Or matter of fact I am gonna go To this 9 to Mm 5 I'm gonna take this money They giving me Mm -hmm. I'm invested in this Box truck Mm -hmm. On the weekend I'm gonna hit the road I'm gonna be back In time Monday So everything I make In the box truck Is profit So if I get 10 runs On my box truck Now I can buy 2 And quit my 9 to 5 And go be my own boss Mm -hmm. That's how people Are thinking today That's if you go To YouTube Look at these kids With these pages I can name you Multiple YouTube channels Where I know these kids Have to make At least One million dollars a year One million dollars At least Cause they have Ten million followers here And I wake up Every Saturday Sunday Monday too, Whenever my daughter's At my house We wake up and we watch it FGTV mm-hmm. We watching Abby We watching Nick Like I, I can name yep. them And it's sad But it's not sad Cause I spend that time But we have to give the kids what they want and stop thinking because this worked in 2002, this worked in 1996, this worked in 2010. That, that it worked then, it's not gonna, I'm not gonna say it's not gonna work now, but it's not gonna work now. You gotta change. And, 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 and again, I'm 36, 37, I don't even know how old I am because I quit paying attention <laughs> after a certain age. But we have to be okay with adapting to changes, We have to, as OGs and older people, be select, be uh, uh, in agreement to listen to the younger end. Because what happens a lot of time, the young people are trying to say this, but the old dudes ain't listening because they're stuck in their ways. We got to stop that. Mm -hmm. You have to stop that. And that's one thing I appreciate working here, like with Dion. Like, it's not a wrong, if I give a suggestion, it's not wrong. Mm -hmm. It's all right, you say it, let's try it. It, The only thing that can happen is it works or it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. We have to be that same way if you run an organization. You have to listen to these kids. You can't be, well, I did it in 1992 this way. Bro, nobody cares. These kids was born in 1992. Yep. They don't, they, yep. that doesn't and Cliff, listen to I
8: want Cliff, I want to jump onto something you said, too, because the caller, I, one of the callers talked about the CIA giving media money or that something. That was your buddy I, Larry, I thank you. I ain't catch all that. But, um I mean, I want y'all to understand something listening to us. This is not a money-making thing. <laughs> If you run radio stations or media companies, talking about violence in your community does not make you money. There are not going to be sponsors who run up to sign up for us to walk along with us. And we are going to run promos, liners, ads. I mean, we are going to, we're going to use the million people we reach weekly, and we're going to talk about this problem in our community so hopefully we can move to some solutions. We want solutions. We we and Swift talked about, it, and I'm not gonna say anything about people marching on streets or whatever. Else. Swift talked about because that's good. They're all elements that come together to get us to where we need to go. But you know, it, the time for talk is over. Um, we shouldn't have 750 shootings and 250 uh, people killed in Indianapolis, and it looks like the rate's going higher. And I don't want people talking to me about, oh, well, you know what happened with the pandemic and COVID-19 stuff. No, it was it was going up before COVID-19. We were in the top 25 in cities before COVID-19. I can go back to 2017 you can go back further. We need to have real solutions. We need to have real discussions. And whoever talked about and the the caller, if it was Larry, whoever talked about that, no, we're not making any money here. No, we're not going to have any sponsors come, run, line up to get behind what we're talking about. It's not going to happen. I know this, but I know this is the community that we live in. I know this is the community that Swift is raising his four-year-old in. I know this is the community that I'm raising my son and daughter in. I know this is a community that I love and that I want to be part of the solution in. Therefore our stations have to be part of the solution and we will be part of the solution and we will be bringing light to this, whether it's something people want to see or not. You can't be numb to somebody losing their son or daughter, their father. You can't be their mother. You can't be numb to that. That could be your neighbor, your cousin. We talked about Indianapolis, and Cameron came on and talked about that was his cousin on the air and then found out that that was Anthony's cousin. And when, when we had um, Shiloh coming on talking about, unfortunately, about Mario losing his life, I didn't know it was Shiloh until like a little bit before the call. And Adele Means, his father, worked for our station when he was born. I remember when Shiloh was born. I had no idea. That's how small Indianapolis is. That's how small a community we are. And we, we pride ourselves on taking care of each other. It's time we take care of this problem and take care of each other.
0: Yeah. And we got to hold each other accountable the same way we got to hold these elected officials accountable. If these elected officials elected officials aren't doing what they're supposed to, we got to hold them accountable. We can't sweep it over and then come to the election. Well, I mean, I know such and such, so I'm going to just vote. No. Let's find some people to put in the right, right situation. If I got to go run for city council, let's do it. If you got to go run the person in this neighborhood, let's do it. Because somebody's got to start listening to us. Somebody's got to start listening to the kids. Somebody has to start listening to these mothers and these fathers and these grandmothers and these brothers and these sisters. Like the chaplain said at a funeral I was at over six years ago, every one death affects over 100 people. And not 100 people is not just family. That's families, that's friends, that's neighborhoods, that's associates, that's teachers. That's everybody.
1: Um, as we get ready to wrap up, you've heard us talk a couple times today about the violence that has happened on just this date, on the 24th. We knew that somewhere between midnight and about 4 a.m. that there were at least seven shootings. But it appears that there's been a shooting that happened just after that. Um, that doesn't sound very good at all. We don't have all the details, but the preliminary sound of it. Sounds like multiple people have been shot at one additional shooting that happened sometime this morning. So, uh, you know, we have a serious problem here. And, you know, Dion, from what you did the other day, we've been talking about this for three days nonstop. And obviously the phones are ringing, have been ringing the entire time. What before we go, you kind of did this to get to light a fire under some folks. Uh, and some of them happen to work at the state house or the city county building. What's their response been as we've been having this conversation and folks demanding that we don't just keep hearing about studies? You know, we hear about how you're going to fix it.
5: Well, the response
8: is I've I've communicated with a lot of people and uh, we're going to keep communicating with people. But the next step is, and we're going to keep bringing light to this. The next step is a call to action. And um, across our airways, we will start calling to action our listeners. We're going to listen. We're going to continue to do this and continue to listen. And then we're going to have a call to action. And, um, and what that call to action is, we'll determine in the next week or so. And we're going to give um, an outlet to our listeners to call. Um, so there is a call to action to, to move this forward to, with some solutions.
1: All right, y'all, knocking on uh, 10 o'clock. So, Dion, thank you for letting us do this uh, special two-hour edition and having the conversation for the past couple of days. And Swift, thanks for coming in. Are you are you working today?
0: Yeah, three to seven. Okay. Man, Dion got me in at nine o'clock on my off day. <laughs> 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 How much I love you.
1: <laughs> well, thank y'all both for coming in. Thank you to um, uh Sean Spells, who shared the story of what has happened with her family and the death of the murder of her son uh, Shane, who was 24 years old, shot and killed in his own driveway. And uh, it is her birthday, so happy birthday, Shauna. She's asking folks to to donate. What was the organization, Dion?
5: Um, Hoosiers,
8: Hoosiers Against Gun Violence. And she didn't say how you contact them, but so I'm going to Google or look them up to figure that out. Um, and Hoosiers Against Gun Violence. And, and we brought light to uh, Mario McCullough, um, and his mom was on on Thursday. And Swift talked about his cousin, and we talked. We brought light to a lot of faces, so you can put a face to the name, and it's not a number, it's not a statistic. It's somebody's son, somebody's friend, somebody's teammate, somebody's cousin, somebody's um, grandson, and, and that's the way we need to look at this, Indianapolis.
1: All right, uh, thank you to everybody, including Senator uh, Jack Sandlin, who did come by I would have should have taken that bet from Dion he said he wouldn't come but he did (laughs) show up (laughs) and he did take listener questions so uh, thank you everybody for listening the phone lines are still ringing right now as we go off the air this conversation is going to continue tomorrow on Tina Cosby show on AM 1310 92.7 95.1 at one o'clock with Community Connection and of course we are back here next Sunday live at 8 if you're listening on Hot 96.3 stay there more music on the way and including Swift, who will be back at 3 o'clock. And on WTLC, the hour of power with Al Sharpton is minutes away. We'll see you next week.